I got into wrestling through my dad. Uh, my dad was, um, he'd wrestled along the international scene. He'd um, compete in the Olympics for Great Britain. Um, you know, he'd wrestle a lot of the world championships. So he, he was, you know, he, he had a wrestling career and it kind of was just passed down to the family. I have two older siblings who also wrestled and a younger sibling who still currently wrestles. Um, we were all born in the Middle East. Um, so my younger brother and I were born in Bahrain. And, uh, and then we ended up moving to the UAE and we lived in Abu Dhabi, which is about an hour drive away from Dubai. And um, wow. Abu Dhabi is, I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard of the MMA fights, um, Fight Island now. It's definitely grew in popularity. But back there, where I was born in the early 2000s, really, they, they were known for their like world-renowned jiu-jitsu. Like, they had a lot of world championships and jiu-jitsus there, but there were no wrestling clubs. So wrestling wasn't a thing in the Middle East, and it really wasn't a thing in, in, uh, in the UAE. And so my dad had to just, by chance, met up with one of his college teammates who was a couple years behind him. And we had a small group of jiu-jitsu athletes, and we just kind of essentially started our first kind of wrestling club. And a lot of the, the wrestling tournaments we did were just kind of competing with other kids in the club, and you set up like a little tournament. Um, but that's how I got into the sport. My dad would basically have my little brother and I who were close in weight, and we would just wrestle with each other. And he would kind of coach us at um, – at this club and then fast forward maybe six seven years i had finally move over um to canada where my mom is originally from and uh, i started wrestling in canada and, and wrestling is a little bit more developed in canada and um i'd wrestled that but we 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 got into the problem where we we wrestle the same wrestlers a lot so in canada wrestling is not nearly as large as in the u.s and it's also not nearly like it's not just just not as popular so you'd, we'd end up going to the same tournaments wrestling the same kids multiple times and my dad um, decided that we'd start taking a lot more road trips down uh, to um, to the U.S. And so we're from Toronto, originally in Canada. And so it's about five, six hours to anywhere really in upstate New York. And we'd take those trips to Buffalo, to Rochester, to Syracuse. And we'd essentially just wrestle as many of the Eastern Seaboard tournaments as we could, uh, kind of in middle school, just to, I guess, test ourselves with new competition. But really, my dad says it was just to humble us because... I guess we thought we were a little bit better than we were wrestling the limited competition we had in Canada. And so um, from there, uh, I got lucky. One of the top, top schools in the country uh, in Wyoming Seminary, the coach had reached out to me my like my senior, my sophomore year of high school. And he just told me to essentially come check it out. And so I took a visit. I enjoyed it. They gave me a good offer. And I came down there and I was able to, to wrestle there for two years in high school. And I achieved some success in high school. And that kind of led me to my path um, to wrestle at the University of North Carolina. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of how it all started up. It's a it's a long, long story, and it's definitely unique for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Well, first of all, I guess my first question is, what was it like in the Middle East? Like, I know you said it was difficult. Like, wrestling wasn't a prominent uh, sport, if, if at all. Um, so, what was your like? What were you doing at the time? I think you. Were you doing jujitsu, or what was your like track for for you know getting to the point of wrestling? And how old were you at the time when you were over there? I was born and raised there, so I was born in Bahrain. We moved over to Canada probably when I was about eleven. Um, okay. I grew up just playing. My dad wanted me playing a bunch of sports, so I played football or or soccer. I played um, you know, I played a lot of rugby. We did track. We basically essentially did everything, right? And um, wrestling was just something my dad obviously wanted to teach us because, you know, he was a wrestler. And um, we, we, I grew up playing all different kinds of sports. It wasn't until really once we moved over to Canada that I kind of decided that um, I was going to be a single sport athlete and, and really, you know, commit to wrestling. 
but living in the Middle East was it was definitely different, right? Um, uh, I'm sure a lot of Americans have a little bit different perspective, and it's something that's just completely unique and no one really knows about. And yeah. I grew up there, and the weather was warm. I grew up, you know, going to school in a in a British school because I, I obviously didn't speak Arabic, and so it was me with a lot of you know British expats, so a lot of English kids, Scottish kids, Welsh kids that kind of all went to the same um, school and we go to these British schools and we grew up um, and it was cool because you'd have a lot of young UK expats, but then you also have a lot of local Arabs that went to the same school. And so you, you learned a lot from their different cultures for sure. So one thing that you know, I was thinking about was, so did you say your dad grew up in Great Britain? Yeah. So my dad's Scotty. And so he okay, wrestled Scottish. Um, yeah. And he had the wrestling background. So it's kind of, okay, that makes sense. Then I was wondering, as you know, you said, in UAE, there was lots of jujitsu. I was thinking, okay, well, why didn't, why was you, you know, your dad so prone on uh, wrestling and not, you know, taking advantage of the jujitsu that was available there? But uh, obviously, with your dad, with the wrestling background, that that makes sense. So, what at what point did your dad move, or how did that start? Like, obviously, he grew up in Scotland, and then at what point did he move out? Um, so, my dad works in financial services. So he he was from Scotland and he ended up coming over to the U.S. like his last couple of years of um, high school. And he went to like a couple of years of community college in Kansas. I okay. don't know how exactly set up, very random. And then he ended up going to university in Canada and that's how he met my mom. Okay, uh, gotcha. And then we had my oldest brother and they ended up moving to Saudi Arabia, right? And he, he'd worked in some financial position um, there. And then from Saudi Arabia, we moved to Bahrain where my, my, my younger brother and I were born. And then we went to Abu Dhabi and then back to Toronto. Wow. So, so it was a work-related move that relocated you guys to the Middle East. hundred percent. Yeah. Gotcha. And then obviously to come back to Canada and now full circle, be back in the U S or at least for you back in school. And where does, does your brother wrestle at all still? Um, so my younger brother wrestles at a Canadian university called McMaster, uh, my older brother and my older sister both had to medically kind of stop competing because of just because of injuries. Wow. That sucks. That's awful. We, uh, the last wrestler we had on, uh, went through seven surgeries that ultimately ended his career as well. Um, it's tough. I mean, injuries are, are something that, you know, unfortunately all athletes deal with at, at some point. So, uh, that's, that's tough to hear. They're both wrestlers. Did you say? Yeah. Both wrestlers. Wow. How did the transition to college wrestling, you know, come to be? Did you have other schools interested, you know, interested in you as a wrestler, uh, or was it an easy decision to, to end up with UNC? Um, it was difficult. I, I'd say starting off with the transition, transition from Canadian wrestling over to the U.S. It was difficult because it's a bit of a daunting task, right? We really, Canada, I would say comparatively has not nearly had had not had nearly the, the amount of success that the u.s has uh, internationally or just in general wrestling um mm -hmm. so not very often do you see canadian wrestlers come over especially in collegiate wrestling and see success so you know to leave to leave home and kind of go to a boarding school and to be competing at really the highest level in, in high school wrestling it was it was a little bit of a challenge at first and it was something i needed to get used to um, my junior year i i i'd done a fairly good season and I think I just really came into my start my senior year because I essentially went an undefeated my senior year. I was ranked number one in the country when I graduated. And um, by then, at the beginning of my senior year, I'd committed to UNC because I started my recruitment process, process throughout my junior year. And um, UNC was just the best fit for me. Right? Yeah. Just school-wise, 
um, academically, it has a really, really good undergraduate business program. But I thought more importantly, it was um, the balance between school and wrestling. Right? I didn't, wasn't sure. I talked to a lot of Ivies, but I just wasn't how sure I'd be able to have success in school and also wrestle. Mm. I don't want to go somewhere where I'd be completely focused on school and not be able to actually wrestle. I didn't want to go somewhere where I'd just be focused on wrestling and I really wouldn't come out with a, a degree that I would want. For so sure. It's, it's a tough balance. Yeah. I mean, so I had um, I had schools on both ends of those spectrums. And UNC was the one that worked for me best in the middle, I believe. And then um, I just know that UNC has produced a lot of success, especially at my weight class and the weight classes around me. So I knew that they were able to produce and help me achieve my kind of wrestling goals. And that was a big thing. So those are kind of the two main deciding factors. Of course, there were others like I enjoyed being around the coaches. I loved the team at the time. I liked the weather down here. Like there's a bunch of other little factors, but the two main ones were definitely um, the academic and athletic balance. And then uh, just the recent success at my weight class. Yeah, for sure. No, it's uh, it's definitely difficult. Joey and I are both uh, hockey players. Joey goes to UNE. I go to Long Island University. I'm actually from Canada as well, so I know the, the Alberta, Medicine Hat, Alberta, just mm-hmm. south of Calgary. Yeah. yeah. So I understand the the transition down to the states. I played my junior years uh, before going into college in the states as well, and uh, it's definitely a cultural shock for sure. So I know exactly how you feel, and you know, deciding that that right fit between you know the balance of your sports and and your academics and then you know all the other little factors like you said coaches and the weather all factor into it uh for sure so and you said you committed at the start of your senior year at the beginning of my senior year yeah gotcha and then so what did you know walk us through that process obviously um you know for joey and i too it's a it's a daunting process to go through i'm not sure for how familiar you are with the hockey side of things but after school or sorry after high school we play three years of junior and that's basically your recruiting period and you're doing nothing but trying to get looks from teams from schools to ultimately end up playing division one or division three college hockey so walk us through what was your recruiting process like obviously it sounds like you know you had to weigh your options out um but ultimately you know you know how that process went with other schools you know when did unc come into the process or into the the landscape mm-hmm. um I'd say the process generally uh, for Division One wrestlers, I think, is, you know, for me is after my junior year, the one thing about the school I was at, the Wyoming Seminary, was they compete at the um, the most prestigious tournaments throughout the year. So they give you separate, several opportunities to um, kind of give you a standout result, right? And that helps with recruitment. So I had a pretty good season. I was probably, after my junior year, ranked somewhere among the top 15 in the country. So there were definitely schools that were reaching out to my coaches that were reaching out to me um, individually, talking to me. And it's just kind of, it starts with contact, right? Initial contacts. We have a couple phone calls. Um, if I'm very interested in the school and they're interested in me, then we'll set up some sort of an official visit. Uh, and once you get, you, you're allowed five. Um, and once you go through your official visits after that, once you've gone through all your official visits with your schools that you're interested in, it becomes decision time. And that is when it gets difficult because now yeah, you know, you've built this kind of bond with some sort of coach. You build this sort of relationship with them. And now you've got to either tell one of them you're going there and they're going to be very happy. or are going to have to have a very difficult phone call. And I've had yeah. that a few of those. They're not fun, but it was, it's exciting, right? You get to feel like you feel important. You see all these, a lot of these coaches that you've watched growing up that are asking you to come to your program. It's, you feel good. It's a great time. Um, but then there's also the lows where you have to tell them like you got to let some people down and that's not fun for sure. Yeah. No kidding. No, it's definitely super exciting, but 
know, at the same time, like you said, you got to make those tough calls and it's, uh, it's part of the process. Ultimately, no one wants to do it, but uh, it's part of the game and, and the way it goes. So when you're wrestling in high school, did you guys have any matches, tournaments in the States that, you know, geared towards NCAA promotion? Um, how does that work? Were you guys strictly wrestling in Canada, being scouted from collegiate, um, collegiate scouts? Um, so I was mostly recruited because during middle school, I'd come down a lot to a lot of like um, big middle school tournaments. But then also in high school, my first year when I wrestled in Canada, I would still also come down to like, um, I'd come down to the biggest tournaments like Super 32, NHSCA duels. And I'd had relative success there to where um, enough to catch the eye of one of, of one of those good coaches. And we had reached out to a couple of schools, but essentially he reached out to me and um, I took the opportunity and ran with it for sure. But like, um, I think the reason why I was definitely reached out to is because I, I took the initiative and my family, my dad took the initiative of kind of making us compete in the U S so that hopefully we can get, get looks at least. For sure. So just to jump ahead a little bit, obviously, uh, what are your plans for the future goals, aspirations, you know, that one to three year window or three to three to five year window. What, uh, what do you have planned for the future and, and where do you want to see yourself? Um, so right now I've just, um, a couple of months ago, I made the Canadian senior world team. So this oh, wow. summer, essentially, yeah, that I, I made it my first year last year, and this is my second year making it. And obviously, this year with Paris coming up, it's 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 important this summer. So we have a, a lot of um, invitationals coming up. I know I'm leaving in a couple of weeks to go compete in Armenia, and we're gonna have a couple That's just awesome. like uh, international tournaments. And then our world championships are in October. And essentially, if you can place top five at Worlds, you've guaranteed yourself a spot in the Olympics. And then there are other Olympic trials qualifiers throughout the year. Um, I'm not taking an Olympic red shirt, so I'm just going to be doubling down on NCAA, my NCAA season. Yep. And I'm maybe picking or figuring it out after. So my real, my only really shot is is kind of worlds and maybe um, a last chance qualifier after after my NCAA season. But right now that's the goal is um to compete as many times as I can, to have success in the summer, and then try to try to place top five at Worlds so I can at least guarantee a spot at Olympics. And then in December, I'll go back home, wrestle the same uh, wrestlers I'd wrestled earlier this year. And if I can beat them in a best two or three and I've already qualified the spot, then I'll be well on my way to Paris. And that's wow. kind of the goal for this. That's unreal. Congratulations. Thank you. So it's a big task. Though. That's a no, tall task. No kidding. So how many wrestlers, um, I guess how many matches, how many wrestlers are featured at worlds and ultimately to finish top five. It sounds like uh, mm -hmm. not an easy task in the, in the slightest. No, I'd say, it's hard because it can vary from weight class to weight class, but I'd say roughly around somewhere in the proximity of 30 wrestlers okay. would be in that bracket. So realistically, it could be five, five, and now they have true fifth, so it could be somewhere between five to six matches that day. Um, Holy. So and, it, and it all goes down in one day? Um, this The World Championships will go down in two days. Two days. So you have to weigh in two days in a row. So yeah. Okay. Holy and top five guarantees a spot at the Olympics. That's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, uh, and then um, obviously my, depending on how the summer goes, regardless, I'm still going to wrestle the NCAA season. And the goal for there is to win a national title. I finished my previous season fourth. So I had all Americans. Um, and uh, it was my first, it was, that was my retro freshman. So my first year of eligibility that I used. And um, I was happy with the season. There was a lot of hiccups, but. I do think I can get the job done with one more year. So that's obviously, that's the goal. For sure. No, that's unreal. 
Um, that's a massive accomplishment too. We saw, you know, All-American again. Congrats. That's huge. And uh, so after school, do you see yourself continuing wrestling? Would you transition into coaching, pursue the Olympics? You know, where's that fall on your radar? Uh, what are your plans for yourself reg- with regards to wrestling, you know, after your collegiate season is over? Um, so regardless of whether, you know, I qualify or not for this Olympics, um, I'm going to wrestle. I want to wrestle through to 2028. Um, I think I have, I have at least three more years of college wrestling to do. So it'll bring me close to that anyways, but yep. that's kind of where I see myself, you know, making one more Olympic cycle. And then from there on out, um, most likely I'm going to try and work and make, you know, find some sort of job in financial services. That's where I, I want to work. And, um, I think I'll be done with wrestling after that for sure. So that depends on, you know, I know there's graduate programs I can get myself into here, potentially elsewhere. Um, but uh, I think I'd rather keep on wrestling, work through school or delay school as long as possible. And then as soon as I'm done, fully transition to the workforce. For sure. There you go. So just to jump back, you know, obviously with Joey and I both being athletes ourselves, uh, one big thing we talk about is obviously training and recovery. Uh, so what are some of the biggest things that you found you know, in the weight room in terms of training or on the recovery side of things uh, that have separated yourself, really helped you take the next step and, and compete at the division one level? Um, Recovery, I think the biggest thing for me is, if I were to say recovery, the biggest thing is sleep. It's probably the hardest thing for me to do is, no, the hardest thing for me to do is is, is my nutrition. It's just, it's, it's hard. I think it's weird. Wrestlers are one of the only division one schools or collegiate sports that, um, has to actually make weight but probably has the worst relationship with food it's the oddest <laughs> thing it really is it's strange but um yeah definitely I, that's something i've i could have done better during the season and since the season i've taken really really good job of um just being very strict with my nutrition and it's something that i i think will help me next season but recovery in general and also sleep those are things that um my dad's always been you know very nitpicky on and He's right. So I've, that's kind of like you, you start to realize, you know, when, when you're fourth and you lose to one, you start thinking, what, what can I be doing? And those little things are probably going to be the things that will pay dividends in the end for you. For sure. And, you know, you get to that point as a, especially as a college athlete, professional athlete, where the smallest things make a difference. You know, like you said, your sleeping nutrition, the littlest things start to add up and, and they have a big impact. So one thing mm-hmm. that, you know, we always want to ask, our guests, um, obviously for our listeners to, to take advantage of is, you know, what's one piece of advice that looking back, you'd give your younger self or give our listeners, uh, if you could think of you know one to two things of advice, what would, what would it be that you'd want to share with our listeners? Um, my biggest piece of advice, uh, would be listen to your mentors, your pops. I mean, um, I know I could be very hard headed. I was very hard headed. My dad, you got to think about people on your side, like your dad or my older brother. They're only telling you things because they want the best for you. Don't fight sure. it. Listen, they're wiser, they're older. They're not going to intentionally try to sabotage you. So what they're saying is you may not like it at the time, but what they're saying is what you need. Um, and I waste a lot of energy fighting sometimes with some of these guys because I'm really stubborn and hard headed. But at the end of the day, they always end up being right. So don't waste your own time and just listen to them, you know. Yeah, like you said, they always have your best interest in mind and, you know, they want nothing but nothing but for you to exceed. And, uh, you know, ultimately it's it can be tough to to listen to that and you know, take a step back and realize, OK, you know, they want what's best. You know, I should I should take advantage of this. Um, and the thing I want to jump back on was weight cut. Like you said, 
one of the only sports, um, college sports, obviously hockey players, we don't have to make weight, anything like that, football, nothing. Um, so preparing for a match when you have to make a certain weight. So what, what weight class do you compete in? 141 pounds. Okay. So leading up to a match, how much time, how many weeks before, uh, what's the allotted time where you have to start cutting down to, to make weight? Um, so last season I was quite, I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest, like, honestly, I, I sat around just under, just under the 50s. So like high forties. So it really wasn't much of a weight cut for me compared to other wrestlers in the weight class. Since then things have changed and gone a little bit bigger, but um, it's just, I think with the way that the college season works, you compete so often that it's not like, you know, it's not like I compete, I have to cut weight for three weeks and then I get six weeks off and then I have to get back into the diet for another three weeks. Like yeah. essentially once you make that first weight cut, you're kind of maintaining and then dropping and then maintaining and dropping again and again and again. And you start to find yourself into a groove and a, and a routine pattern. I know like from December on or no, from January on, I was essentially wrestling a duel on every Friday. And so I yeah. knew it was really easy, right? I'd, I'd make weight Friday and wrestle a duel. Maybe I'd be good for Saturday, eat what I want, and then Sunday I start over again. And you come in with the same numbers, and you just kind of follow the same plan. Yeah, so they're close enough. It's nothing crazy, no drastic weight cuts, at least in season. Uh, there's still some people that have some drastic weight cuts in season. Yeah, there's a, there's some people that cut a serious amount of weight. But um, I think the more you make the weight, the easier it becomes to, to kind of hold it, maintain it. Gotcha. But, yeah. Man, I can't imagine, you know, especially – I feel I know what you're saying too, because my weight at the start of the season will drop once we start, and then it'll stay pretty consistent. But I couldn't imagine having to make weight. Um, you know, that's it a, that's, it's a different breed, and it's got to take a toll on you mentally too. No. Um. Yeah, I've had a. So what happened for me was when I got out of high school, from the moment I left high school, uh, my senior year to the first year I competed, I ended up taking a gray year because I was I was back home in Canada. I was locked out. Right, we couldn't get back in. Right. So I went home for spring break my senior year and I couldn't get into the country, essentially. So I ended up having to skip a year, which was kind of part of my plan anyways. But I took in a great year, came back, redshirted, and then I started my first season. So a first couple, the first couple of my duels, I hadn't really had a one hour wait in almost three years. And um, so I remember we had um, the Michigan duel. And so the UNC ended up putting in the Boston Stadium, which is our big baseball field. And we had. The place wasn't was pretty much close to packed out. It's a pretty big crowd for us. Um, and I'm walking out there, and I end up being kind of they random drawed me, and they picked 141 to start the duel. So I'm first match on. I haven't really made a one hour weigh-in like this ever. And um, I remember running out there, and I just physically felt like I couldn't move. Like it was horrible. I mean, you got all these people here. It's a season opener for me. And I was just like, I just, I mean, I got smashed. I'll be honest with you. And um, I ended up wrestling the same kid first round of NCAA, the NCAA, first rounds of NCAAs, and ended up getting oh, him back. It was the first round of the season. I remember just like, that's what I'm saying. It's so important to have a proper diet. I just hadn't done the right things two days before. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ex- well-versed with one-hour wanes where – physically i just felt like i was i was just in panic mode i was just you mean you couldn't move your body or you couldn't operate and that's why like you can see sometimes in wrestling where when someone has a bad weight cut it shows and you can it's just like at that point the damage is already done there's very little that you can do to kind of try and reverse in the match yeah for sure so now when you make weight on friday how much weight will you put back on before you wrestle on saturday or if any so we wrestle within an hour. So if I wrestled on Friday, like say the Friday night duels that we would have consistently during September or no, during January to 
um, February, it would literally be we would weigh in at six o'clock and then wrestle at seven. And wrestle right after. Okay. Okay. So if you were selected first, if you're middle of the duel, you might give yourself, you might get like another hour because an average duel is about two hours. But if you're, if you're first up, it's really like, you really only got an hour to, and so it's very limited what you can put in. And if you put too much, you get bloated and you can't really move. You you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, yeah, you can feel horrible. So, and you've been cutting weight all week, so it's hard to find that temptation sometimes, but for sure. No, that's definitely uh, a physical challenge, but a mental one as well to, Stick to the plan, stick to what works. Um, no, that's that's tough. That's a whole different side of things. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, I just wanted to jump back on that. Obviously, um, normally we wrap it up with, you know, the piece of advice you gave, you know, an awesome piece for for our listeners. And, you know, that's the ultimate goal behind the podcast is to share stories like yourself, um, you know, what you went through, how you were brought up, and ultimately how you ended up playing uh, or wrestling at the Division One level. So, you know, that's what the podcast is all about. We want to share these stories with our listeners. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, no, that's all. Thank you for having me. Was a, for was sure. Podcast. No, it's unfortunate that uh, Joy wasn't able to get connected, but uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. It's great to have you on, share your story. Uh, we'll definitely send you a care package. Obviously, the brand started with just our, our fitness apparel, so we'll hook you up with, you know, shirt and shorts and we actually have our next flavor of UD energy our ready drink pre-workout started with strawberry lemonade and we got blue rats coming out next month so we'll send you a little care package uh get you hooked up and uh we'll go from there awesome thank you very much man. well it's great having you on Lachlan we'll uh we'll stay in touch and wish you the best of luck uh with this upcoming season with worlds this summer and uh hopefully stay in touch hopefully we'll have you back on in the future hopefully. Um, with some success stories to share.